hello, everybody, and welcome to Butter With That, a movie podcast where a group of friends from Philadelphia take a look at different films and get together to talk about them. Uh, today, we are talking about, in our bonus episode for uh, the month of October, which we've explored underrated horror films. Uh, or not underrated, excuse me. That was a combination of the first two months. Just then. A little recap for the, those just tuning in. <laughs> Chainsaw. But yeah, underrated. So oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, no. Uh, important horror movies, or at least more horror movies that are individually important to us. This week, uh, my choice. Having given giving it some thought, uh, it's it's one that certainly uh, as is a kind of a joke as of now. It wasn't underrated, um, <laughs> but it's probably very appropriately rated. Uh, mm. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original from uh, 1974, the Toby Hooper film. Uh, so we're going to be getting into that tonight, and uh, I am joined, as always, by... Connor. That's how I feel after watching that. Yeah, God. Um, Tori, I feel fine. <laughs> Christine here. Excellent first-time viewing of Texas Chainsaw. Sam, and I'm still hearing the screaming. All of it. Great. And, yeah, this is, uh, again, a little bit of a... In a sense, a difference from format. Uh, we've all just watched this film just now together. Um, and it was uh, Connor and Christine's first time seeing the film? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so, um, I mean, I've seen the film a lot of times. Tori, I know you've seen it a lot. Yes. Uh, Sam, you've seen it uh, probably a few times? Yeah. Okay. Like once or twice. 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 Twice, okay. Three times now because of this. All right. <laughs> and Dave, why do you love this movie so much? Um... A whole lot of different reasons. Um, but I guess because I could gush on and on, let's, uh, let's actually start with, um, with your individual uh, takeaways from the film. Why don't we start uh, going around the room? And uh, I would be especially interested to hear, uh, for example, from Connor, who is uh, just kind of sitting here twiddling his beard quietly. <laughs> God. Just wanting to go home to his fiance. <laughs> what a weirdly amazing beautifully terrifying piece of film. I understand that moments were funny and there was a lot of really silly moments, but my jaw was just like, I don't know if anybody was watching, I was just like, my jaw was just like hanging for like the whole, maybe not the first like 20 minutes, but definitely once they got to the house, um, I was just like, really like gruesome things were kind of happening, but in like an understated, just like naturalistic. Yes. Like, there's nothing... This is, like, very grounded. Yeah. In terms of, like, if you were to have a real people who were cannibals, this is, like, how it would go down. There was, like, nothing that was, like, fancy. I mean, the fanciness was in, like, the cinematography. Like, the way the movie was shot, but not, like, what happened. No fancy cannibals here. No wait fancy a minute, cannibals. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. That, um... God, what's the word I'm looking for? Skeletons light what okay I called the guiding light that's you know that's fancy yeah that's true they did have a lot of uh sort of ornate decorations made out of uh different harvested corpses from graveyards and also probably murdered people um that kind of coming in in the third act or at least actually is introduced pretty early on it's kind of mm -hmm. right when they get to that house yeah yeah um yeah they're just kind of there yeah the, like the skeleton that was like turned into part of a frame of like a couch yeah that was really cool that was cool i would buy that <laughs> 
<laughs> on Etsy. Check out Etsy. I was gonna say you know that's on Etsy somewhere. Yeah, but it's super expensive because it's like really hipster Ugh, and really God, and like actual. Yeah, I really miss my opportunity buying this uh, furniture off a bunch of locally uh, sourced <laughs> Texas. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh God, if Leatherface had an Etsy. True. Page. <laughs> Wait, I mean, the upholstery a... would be uh, the upholstery work would be great. You were saying how it's like environment, like uh, sustainability. It's biodegradable. Yeah, you biodegradable. use everything. Eco friendly. Uh, yeah. The head cheese. The head cheese. Oh, no. You use yes. all of the things. If there's one takeaway. It's a comment on factory farming. Why <laughs> slaughter animals when you can slaughter other people, eat them, and then use their bones to create decoration? This is food it's ink. Completely yeah, culling exactly. the virus that yeah. the earth is dealing with. Right. Called people. Night of the Lepus problems, overpopulation solved yeah. by Texas Chainsaw yeah. Massacre. Yeah, you're like, all right, few oh, yeah. few less uh, people taking up space. Mm-hmm. Great, and a little more space for rabbits. Oh. Right, yeah. and then arguably start hopping from the distance. And this is this is <laughs> yes, this is all before <laughs> Night of the Lepus. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Which doesn't that also take place? It, no, it's Australia. I forget. It's no, Arizona. I, I think the book takes place, the book in, Australia. Takes place in Australia. The movie takes yeah. place in Arizona. All right. So right next door. <laughs> A little knock knock. Uh-huh. I, I, no, I think it was interesting. And Christine, I don't know if you share this view also, but this being the f- kind of like setting up the firsts of so many horror movies that come afterward. It was kind of interesting going back for the first time. And you mentioned how the character who looked like the guy from that 70s show um, was like, oh, come oh, on, guys, Master stop Master messing Sonic. around and whatnot. Oh, like, no, yeah, a different guy. But yeah, oh, no. And yeah, there are a lot yeah, of kind of like, like cinematic horror firsts. I think in this movie, I don't know how like established or accredited they are. There are people who know the horror lexicon cinematography stuff better than I do. But... um but it's the first instance that I can recall in um, in a horror film where a character just sort of approaches a situation where two of their friends are missing or, like, one of them or whatever, um, but just comes at the situation uh, with the attitude of just, like, oh, come on out, guys. Like, quit fooling around. That sort of, like, classic established trope that's, like, utilized so much in, say, your um, your Friday the 13th mm. or, uh, or other series. Uh so I think uh, early on it kind of just establishes a lot of things. It was also considered, um, as we discussed while watching it, um, by a lot of horror fans, the original Meat movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that being uh, a connotation that, uh, though there were films with uh, humans being eaten by former humans in like, yeah. other films like uh, Night of the Living Dead and so on before this, uh, this film in 74 was kind of the the first film to make a big plot point out of the notion that there are not undead people, but just actual people uh, who are interested in cannibalism and pursuing that to the ends that they will kill for it. Yeah. Which is the craziest, I guess, of like the taboos, you know, for people to be like, you know, experiencing here. It wasn't as like intensely. I mean, it was certainly gross but there was something so, I mean, it was certainly gro- gross and grotesque, but something so yeah. viscerally beautiful. And I think you touched on that, Connor, that like the color palette and all the shots, the lighting and all the shots were unbelievable. And I don't even, this movie certainly seems to stand alone, even though it lays the groundwork for a lot of devices that later mm. movies will use. It still seems to stand out so wonderfully as a 
pretty artfully done movie. The sense of space in a lot of the yeah. shots is incredible. Yeah. Like the whole sequence in inside the car was so well done. This this van is pretty central to the first chunk of the movie, the activity that's going on and like the conversations that are happening in the van and the shots, um, like two angles like directed upwards as they invite this wild character into the into the car. And then the shots within the house are so beautiful and the lighting. Like, yeah, it seems like not tropey in, in yeah. many ways. Yeah, and something I think we talked a lot about throughout the film was like how your senses were activated. Mm. Like, I'm a really tactile person, so, David, you said this towards the end, like, mm. you could taste the metal, or at one point I was like, oh, I could feel, like, the dirt underneath my fingernails, or I can smell what's happening. And, like, I don't know if I've ever felt that in a horror film before. Yeah, it was, and which is interesting, too, like, we were talking about, like, how so many others, like, movies afterwards, like, do very similar things with, like, the teen slasher type stuff. And I think, like, two, like, pretty big aspects of most of those movies are probably, like, a decent amount of gore and also, like, decent, like, sex or, like, sexual innuendo mm-hmm. stuff. And those two things aren't super present here. Like, I think this movie is really creepy and definitely, like, always sticks with me. But, like, there don't they don't show a lot, mm-hmm. um, which is really interesting. And you don't really get that, like you know also like the sex aspect of a lot of these other slasher movies Mm -hmm. um which is something too like i did write down some uh uh different um reviews i found so whenever you guys want to talk about those we can totally get into that but that's (laughs) definitely something that people talk a lot about can i ask a question um is this considered a slasher film i think it kind of fell in the way with other slasher films because its sequel came out if I'm remembering right I think a full 10 years later in 1984 um was it the same director? um Uh yes um I believe right? yeah it would have been it would have been the same yeah it was still Toby Hooper but it was a totally different movie uh 1986 86 yeah Yeah, so even over 10 years later uh at which point uh I guess Friday the 13th um, would have okay. been at full steam. Nightmare on Elm Street would have been uh, established. So, and of course, uh, Halloween. So there were a lot of franchises that were gaining momentum. And I think this kind of, the sequel to this movie kind of brought it into the slasher realm, whereas this movie, despite laying some of the groundwork for that, never did the slasher thing of the character perspective. Which yeah. also can I just say mm. when I had to when I just looked up uh, Texas Chainsaw Two, um, I always forget this and I think it's really funny. The movie poster for it is supposed to look like the one for the Breakfast Club, so it's like the <laughs> oh, family yeah. posed in that way. What? Because Breakfast Club came right, out yeah. a year before this was done, mm-hmm. and so if you look up the poster, they try to do the same thing, and it's really amazing. And to anyone listening, if you haven't seen it, check out the uh, the Leatherface uh, trailer for. Uh, uh, for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, uh, in which it's just a stoic leather face staring out at a pond, just sort of glistening <laughs> pond, and out of it rises the Lady of the Lake's arm holding a chainsaw, <laughs> thrusting it into the air, and he catches it from the shore. And that's it. That's everything I could Indeed. have ever wanted. So they went, like, full cheese after this. And, like, 
The oh, fourth one. Head head also, head also, you know who's in the third one? Who? Viggo Mortensen. What? Yes. Yeah. Ooh. Fuck yeah! I saw it in an exhumed event a couple years ago. And when did that movie come out? Uh, 1990. Ooh. And in 1990, I believe four was uh the fourth one, Texas Chainsaw Massacre: Next Generation, featuring Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger. Indeed, oh, that's pretty yeah. nice. In which Matthew McConaughey has a remote-controlled robotic leg. Don't we all? <laughs> so the, the franchise as a whole for me gets very off the rails um, and there are the uh, the remakes or the prequels if you want to consider that to be a thing um, that have come out in recent years that I think kind of try to introduce like the early thousands edge to them in a, cinemat- in a cinematic sense where it's just kind of like got an unnecessary sense of like grit and gnarliness whereas in this sense that's kind of more naturalistic to the, like the quality of the film and things like that. I don't know. Yeah. Well, what makes this movie so unsettling is not like the, there's not like a whole lot of gore and blood. There certainly is that. You don't see a lot. Yeah. Yeah, So it's, it's in the way that it's shot and kind of like toward the end when there's like zooming in on her eyeballs and she's like tied to the table and there's all the screaming. It's using not just blood and gore and like, Oh God, they're cutting people up and eating them. But like (laughs) attacking every sense that you can perceive something with. Mm. I was about to say it felt really gritty. And then I realized the, what do we call it? The grimmit, the grimmit, find your grimmit, the grimmit. That's the, that's yeah. Oh, Connor, would you like to explain? I'll bet you would. Yeah. Gritty flyers mascot. He's my hero going as him for Halloween. Uh, we try to find the gritty moment of every movie and we call it the grimmit. No, that's not what this was. <laughs> no, it wasn't. This was you reaching, reaching your limit of references to Gritty called smooth. The Grimmit. One episode later, and we're making up lies. <laughs> that was smooth, Connor. I'll give you that. Damn. That was, that was well done. <laughs> but you have reached, reached your Grimmit. <laughs> to be fair, I brought this one up. Last episode, I didn't even bring it up either. <laughs> we're kind of all reaching our Grimmit. <laughs> Just as a as a city, <laughs> as a society, as a world. but yeah, it also could world. stand for grimace. Yeah, uh, purple McDonald's monster. <laughs> so Tori, how about those? <laughs> how about those reviews? Um. So you know, I I think like. I wanted to bring, I guess, some elements of our, like, your usual format into it. Like, I'm kind of happy we all watched the trailer first, which I feel like we can all agree uh, that... Was the entire film. Gave away a lot. What It doesn't give away, like, some of, like, I guess, the weirder aspects towards the end, I guess. But, like, everything else, like... Gives away every single all the kill. kill. Yeah. Every yeah. kill is every given kill. away. But I didn't feel spoiled by it. No. Really? No, not no, at all. You still reacted a couple times, and I was like, oh, we just saw that. And Connor <laughs> still kind of was like, fuck, all right. Well, it's like just the way that it's yeah. presented. That's Testament pretty cool. Testament to a good film. Even when you've seen every single character yep. die in the trailer, <laughs> you're still surprised. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so one thing I wanted to look at was just, like, if there were bad reviews for this movie, because this is such a horror classic. Um, and so I found a couple, like, more recent ones, and then I found uh, Roger Ebert's one from 1974. Oh, good. Uh, good. Yes. Uh, Young so... reviewer just setting out, trying to prove himself. <laughs> I know, right? Thumbs I remember this down. from the book, yeah. 
Um, so one of the, again, I had a hard time finding bad reviews for this movie. Mm-hmm. And so one of the places I found some reviews is something called Common Sense Media. And it's a lot of like either parents or children oh, discussing oh if it's like appropriate for them this or not. This is one of my favorite websites. It's, <laughs> it's broken down it's so odd. into amazing categories. Oh, I know. Like, I've heard of like, this. Just like stumbled upon. Value, like movie based on values. Mm-hmm. This sounds what? like Conservapedia if you've ever been on that. <laughs> it's Ooh, that is a Interesting. Um, two of my really favorite ones, though, were one review was just, it's the worst movie I've ever seen, period. Wow. That is it. Nice. No explanation. That is a wrong opinion. Uh, yeah. The other one says, not scary at all, no gore. And then they write, I hate gore, so that's good. <laughs> Don't bother. You won't be sorry. <laughs> Which I was like, wait a second, I have more questions, but that's how it ended. Um, And then one guy on Rotten Tomatoes, which again, I couldn't find like a lot of really bad ones, but this one guy just said it was a cult, it's cultish trash that sets new standards for brutality. New standards? Yeah, I was just like, all right, bro. Maybe it did, but just new in the 70s. Um, so Roger Ebert's is very, very long, so I just took a couple things from it. He does describe the scene uh, with the hitchhiker at the beginning, and he just goes, they pick up a weirdo hitchhiker who carries his charms and magic potions around his neck and who giggles insanely <laughs> while he cuts himself on the hand and then slices at the para- paraplegic. They get rid of him, so they think. <laughs> That sounds like the the bad Netflix description to this movie. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Couple of kids pick up some weirdo who has potions. And they are gonna <laughs> run. Like, it's gunpowder. It's not a potion. It wasn't a potion. What are you talking about? Yeah, it's just about? him not understanding. Um, but my favorite thing that he wrote said, without any, uh, he said, without any apparent purpose, unless to create, um, like, disgust and fright, uh, if that's the purpose. And it's like, well... Yeah. yeah. And it does that well, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, oh, there's no purpose unless this is it, which it is it. Yeah, so, so you're welcome. So, so great. <laughs> yeah, true. And this up. was like very like middle of the road review. I think it was like maybe a five out of ten. Yeah. That's the thing. The it movie was very odd. didn't need any character development. I didn't give a shit. It's like, <laughs> yeah, the, that's so the thing true. is like, I could have just eaten up all of the, the, the shots and, and the like... I mean, the shots of the sun and yeah, the moon and the light. I mean, it was just like I could have watched that forever. It's, it's a movie about feeling. <laughs> totally, <laughs> yes. Streaming. Yeah. Yes, listening, watching. Well, the, it, the experience. It's about the experience. Yeah. It's right? very as, much as like as a, a tone film, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really, I thought it was fascinating that they included um, a disabled character. Mm-hmm. But mm. the introduction, they, Franklin. they call Franklin an invalid, which, you know, just shows how things have changed since 1974. <laughs> Dated language. Yeah, yeah but sure. like yeah. the just like including a character like that is not really something that you see most films and like media no. do. Like, I can't even think of another horror movie. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe we could think about one, but... Pff, Honestly, I'm drawn to scary movie. Scary too. movie. I was just... Oh, right. Oh, but what? that is also Tobias from uh, Arrested it's Development. It's very questionable ways, and that movie <laughs> yeah. sucks. But um, yeah, and uh, well, I guess should we provide maybe a very quick rundown of the film? Yeah, sure. For those who I guess haven't seen it. <laughs> 
But like, also, come on now. In which case, you know, came check out in 1974. And like, if we're the people that are you're getting your Texas Chainsaw Massacre information, be from, an interesting introduction. Yeah. You're wrong. It's it's probably not well, right. Well, and even I if you know. were to like read a Wikipedia summary, it still doesn't do it. Like, you still won't spoil it. Like we talked about, saw the, seeing the trailer and didn't affect how like I felt about the movie whatsoever. It's like something yeah. you have to just experience, man. Yeah, and I also saw the remake, which departs from the original, right? What is the I remake about? It's, I mean, it's not exactly they're in a, a remake, car, is it? They're, 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 uh, they happen upon the house, but the mm-hmm. whole ending, I think, is kind of different. Yeah, they take a very different turn with it in the sense that um, the local sheriff is involved. Yes. Um, there's a whole lot of uh, a whole lot more of the town is incorporated because there's more of a town aspect. They're kind of all in it, um, in on it. Yeah, and it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It just kind of, it feels like a very deflated attempt at like modernizing the concept through the lens of the era of horror that was going on, which is like, like thousands, early thousands stuff. Like you had like it's saw and time. things like that. Yeah. Everything just had, like, a green filter for no reason. The, uh, yeah. what, the Friday the 13th remake around that time, too? Uh, was there I a, little, was a little later. Was there a remake? Remember. Was there I feel a like later? there was a more recent one. Because what's his face? I don't want to make another. Jared Padalecki's in it. Oh. What's is that? Is that House of Wax? Yeah, that's House of Wax. <laughs> oh, I remember that one. But he yeah. might also be... He might listen. I just watched this shit. (laughs) But also, isn't the oh no? I think I'm thinking of Nightmare on Elm Street that they just 2009. Yes, Jared Padalecki, top person listed as starring. Yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street. They just redid with Kellen. Well, briefly, Kellen Lutz from (laughs) Twilight. Oh yes, which I I did see that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've seen the reboot of Friday the 13th then with um, Jared Padalecki. It was all right. Like, I didn't hate it. Um, one aspect I did really think was funny was that they were basically just, like, a bunch of them were just going out there to find, like, some, like, pot farm. Like, cool. they, they had, like, just, like, planted pot there or something and knew it was there. Um, and then just start getting slashed. So, but it is, like, a very, like, 2000s, um, like, take on Friday the 13th. Yeah, and I mean, you know, in that movie, it sounds like there's, like, no remorse for the characters who die in Christine. I think, like, mm. you mentioned that about this movie. Which is like, I don't really care about the characters. I'm interested to see the ways that they die. I do care about Sally. Oh, but her screaming. I mean, I do. I Girl. care. <laughs> I, I would be uh, rooting for their survival, certainly. But, but lack of character development didn't bother me, I would say. Like, also, I'd be happy, you know, if... Yeah. I later found out that the girl in the meat fridge finds her way out. But you don't get that with them at all. Like, there isn't even that, like, suspense of, like, are they going to die or aren't they? They just fucking they just die. die. Yeah. Like, yeah. But, like, Sally annoyed me just a little bit. I think there was one part where I actually said, can you, like, fight back? Like, running away is very different than fighting back. Like, an easy bite to the hand or something like that I would have liked to see. But it's not the... But there's a, a, yeah, a I mean, weirdo it's... running at you with a chainsaw who just sawed your brother into... No, I'm talking about, like, the weird dinner scene. Oh. When, like, she's being ripped out from the chair and, like, being, like, fed Oh, you mean after grandpa? she's already completely broken and doesn't really know <laughs> well, what's happening? Well, she's very clearly, like, struggling, you know? She's like... 
Uh, no, please, please, God, please. I think you're being really harsh. I feel like it's it's a little critical because I feel like, I mean, you, none of us know how we're going to react in a situation like that. We might think we do, but we probably don't. Just one bite to the hand. That's all I'm asking. Just right. like one simple way of fighting back. But see, okay. he would have liked that. So? She still could have tried. Great. Right. Mm. Well, for some reverse context... Um, I suppose a very, very truncated rundown of the film would be that um, it's a group of friends that are driving uh, to a graveyard in Texas to see whether or not their grandfather's remains were uh, exhumed um, by a group of grave robbers who have been planting them throughout this town in Texas and like these weird sculpture forms and so on. And then they pick up some weirdo with a magic pouch. And then, yeah, <laughs> some the potions. weirdo with a magic pouch. Which is, it's, yeah, they're word. just kind of coasting <laughs> along. They pick up this guy. Um, this guy is sort of, I don't know, just like uh, sort of unhinged. Um, he attacks one of them uh, and then is thrown out of the van. Um, and then they just sort of continue along. They go to um, the house of uh, Sally and Franklin, two of the characters. Um and then two of the other characters go exploring, and they come across another house. And uh, I suppose that's that's sort of where the movie kind of really takes off. Um, it's where we have uh, the first of our characters killed, um, which is one of my favorite on-screen deaths, I think, of all time. Uh, the guy who initially just comes into the house, um, he stumbles on his way in just before the door, and there emerges Leatherface with the, the mallet. Uh, the one blow to the head, he falls to the floor and kind of like spasms. Uh, he brings another blow down, uh, pulls him out of frame, uh, in what, in the book, uh, Chainsaw Confidential, written by Gunnar Hansen, who played Leatherface, describes as, uh, literally throwing this guy across the room Mm. accidentally with too much strength to do the shot. Um, but then continuing on to slam the door, which is sort of that iconic first shot of the film. How long is that shot? Like that scene? Like it's so quick. It's pretty brief. It's yeah. amazing. Not even thirty seconds. Yeah, it's so fast. When he lures him with like this pig noise that mm. Leatherface makes, which continues afterwards a little bit too. Yeah, he's like yeah. excited that he. Yeah, and the set is so great. It's like you have the hides on the left, and then you've got that red background with a bunch of bones in the back, and you can't you can't, you're. Depth perception. The face is red room. Is that the wall? Is it another room? And then you hear the yeah, squeal. What was, what was that review from the baby? So there was that. That was like I gave it half a star because I liked the wallpaper. I liked the wallpaper. <laughs> yes. I did think about that. Well, I thought about it too. <laughs> yeah. If this movie was a good example, uh, there was great wallpaper on the second floor. Real good. Yeah. Sam, yeah. Sam and I noted. Beautiful. It. Yeah, we did. Uh, crazy set design, which actually comes up in the next shot because then. Um, the girl that he is with uh, raises from a seat outside, a, a like a porch swing kind of thing that's out in the yard. In this like really iconic uh, dolly shot that they came up with for the film, uh, which tucks underneath the uh, the swing and uh, just continues right behind the character as the house just sort of becomes this looming presence. Um, she then goes into the house and discovers just sort of strewn, strewn about bones and, uh, like, the bone furniture that we discussed early on. Mm-hmm. Uh, just sort of this really frightening environment, uh, which apparently was the setup of the house uh, for the entirety of the shoot, which they rented from a family. 
that was still living in the house at the time of the shoot. So they lived with that room of just like feathers and bones for several weeks. I love it. The kid comes home from school. He's like, fuck, they're still filming. You know, it's like. Shuffle through this pile of bones to go up to my homework. You know, that was uh, one of the kids' bedrooms too, right? Like whenever like your parents had people staying over and they automatically gave up your room. Uh Like some kids like, oh, cool. My room is full of like feather and bones now. Awesome. That would be a great like mockumentary. Of, like, yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre from the, from the perspective of the family who lived in the home. <laughs> They're, like, there's, like, a scene going on with, like, Leatherface, like, chasing someone, and the mom's just, like, cooking eggs. Like, <laughs> just a normal day. Yeah, one thing that happened, uh, that goes back to that, like, very uh, reference dolly shot, the uh, Dan Pearl dolly shot, um, which is, um, at that point, uh, Toby Hooper and the cinematographer were being pressured to produce shot lists. Uh, because it had reached a point where um, they were going way over budget and so on. Um, so it was the day they came up with that shot spontaneously and on the, on the spot um, that they were demanding, like, well, it's not in the shot list, at which point Toby Hooper threw the shot list in the producer's face and insisted they do the shot, which is good they did because it's a yeah. horror shot that's referenced to this day. Um but yeah, the film goes on. Then uh, another guy, uh, the other one of the other guys are with uh, Larry uh, or Gary, excuse me, uh, heads back after uh, How dare the you. other two of them. He goes into the house and is just uh, slain as well. Um, and then we just kind of get the uh, the end sequence with uh, Franklin and Sally going through the woods to find them. Franklin is killed in the woods and brutalized. Uh, yeah, just pretty much sawed in half. Right? And then, like, in two more halves. Yeah, lots of saws. At a lot of angles. A lot mm. of different cuts. Yeah, it sounded... It seemed pretty bad. Uh, and then Sally retreats through the woods to a house, which I guess is the uh, the family's house. And there are, like, corpses and things everywhere. She runs back out of the house through the second floor window. Um, yeah. And then the final chase ensues up to the point that she's uh, she's subdued. Uh, and restrained by the guy who runs the gas station, who is in on the whole thing, uh, brings her back to the hitchhiker and to Leatherface, and then the dinner sequence, which is pretty brutalizing and pretty horrifying. Uh, and then she escapes. Uh, the hitchhiker is struck by a truck and killed. Uh, Leatherface cuts his own leg on a chainsaw, uh, mm. and so she's able to get away, and that's essentially where the film leaves us with him uh, dancing with a chainsaw by the sunrise. Which, like, the first time I saw anything from Texas Chainsaw, it was from American Psycho, and there's that scene where Christian Bale is working out to that end scene, and for the longest time, I did not know what that was from. I just knew, like, the screaming, and that was it. Yeah. That dance sequence is so good. I also, when you brought up, it seems like the only time we ever actually see the saw making contact with human flesh is when it falls on yeah. Leatherface's oh, yeah. actual leg. Mm-hmm. I didn't even realize that. I don't think that. you see anybody else actually get cut by the chainsaw. Was there a story with that? Yeah, there was. Yeah. So when they did that sequence, Gunnar Hansen did it himself, uh, the guy who plays Leatherface throughout the entire film. Um, they used a live chainsaw uh, that still had the chain on it. Um, and they wrapped uh, a layer of sheet metal right around his leg mm. and then did an additional padded layer uh, that was mostly meat and, like, fake blood packets Whoa. so that when it cut into it, 
it was supposedly going to, you know, spare his leg because of the sheet metal, but cut it into uh, the I gore to create the effect. Which it did effectively. But uh, Gunnar Hansen freaked out as it was happening uh, because he thought he was being cut. And he stood up and, like, you know, just assessed the situation. What had happened was uh, the plan worked out perfectly, but they didn't account for the fact that a chainsaw running at that speed would heat up the metal Ooh. and burn. Oh! Damn. Ooh. Damn. Yeah. They couldn't just lot. get like a fake leg. For, I thought there was just a fake leg for that shot. Nope. That was, was Gunnar Hansen's leg wrapped actual. In, uh, yeah, in a sheet metal. I love that stuff though. Like all like figuring out those practical effects. Yeah. It's so oh, yeah. good. And the one, the most horrifying one in the entire production of this film, which is why you they would never be able to pass with the yeah. production of this kind today, is uh, when he he brings her into the house and he puts her on the hook. Mm. Um, he then goes and he takes the chainsaw to, uh, the, to the guy who is dead on the table. Uh, but Toby Hooper insisted that the sound be consistent and then they not dub it. So he wanted the illusion of it cutting into the body. So what Gunnar Hansen did was right next to the head of this actor, chainsawed into the table to the point that flecks of hot oil and wood were uh, spraying up into the actor's face during Oof. the shot, at which point he was expected to lay perfectly still, because mind uh. you, his character's dead. Oy. That chainsaw. Oh, the 70s were wild. Smoke, yeah. The sounds, <laughs> that chase scene with the relentless sound of the chainsaw mm. going is so good. Well, and when she runs, so they kind of like do that, we were talking about the chase through the woods, when they just like, kind of like going in loops and circles, she runs back to the house eventually. And then as... Leatherface is hacking through the front door instead of opening it. I guess it was locked. that was my question. Is he ends up opening it anyways? Yet why does he have to hack it his way through it? But as, Listen, we all have overreacted and then realized there was a better way to go about it. The gas okay. station guy was like, "Oh, you really fucked up the door." And one thing that actually happened in the production as well is when they did that shot that night. Um, Though that was always the plan to film it that way and have that be the shot. Uh, Gunnar Hansen, as well as a lot of the other uh, established crew and uh, cast, had uh, taken a whole bunch of pot brownies without realizing it. Oh, no. Like, eaten a bunch. Like, to the point that he was uh, on, on... Again, the 70s. Outside the door, <laughs> sawing through it, using a live chainsaw for the shot, but was, at the time, blitzed on pot brownies. Yeah, chainsaws and pot seem like two things that probably should never go together. But I'm not surprised they did. But no, like, for the 70s, like, sure, of course they did. Yeah. And, like, just, like, as he's hacking through the door, it's, like, blending with the soundscape of, like, her freaking out inside the house. It's, like, all the kind of, like, blending elements. And I love hearing the stories, like, he was, like, fucking baked. Yeah. It just, like, yeah. adds to this movie's... Can I can I make one addendum to what I said about Sally? I feel like I was pretty harsh about her. Um, something I did like is that she fucking walked out of two goddamn windows and just got up and was totally fine. Yeah, she could have fought back a little more. Yeah, but two damn, windows. But damn, she just went for one it. One of them so. from the second floor. Yeah, it was pretty badly and hurt. And her knees side, were both yeah, like bloodied too because she was wearing those yeah. very white pants. Yeah, she mm -hmm. was like the bell bottoms. Oh, girl. Oh, was she the one in that? Well, whatever. Yeah, yeah she, she had yeah, those she white bell bottoms. But I kept noticing, and then it was like, obviously she's wearing white bell bottoms, more fabric to get a 
bunch of gore and guts. Well, and at the also, end of the movie, you're in like super dusty, gross Texas. Why are you wearing white? No offense anything? to Texas, but it's the also. night. But also offense. offense to Texas. It's the night chase sequences because then you have <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, a very clear outline of this figure, which is again something we talked about: is the atmosphere that the film presents itself yeah. in like a modern sense in adapting it from film to like DVD or digital technology, is that it reduces pretty much the available information during a lot of these chase, chase sequences to just a stark figure and just a sense of the woods surrounding them, almost in like a vignette. Mm, yeah. Yeah, those cuts of her and the and Leatherface and the brambles, and you've got those textures of like light coming through from some, what is that weird beacon of light at the end that I thought was the moon, but mm. it's like not. But then it was also the gas station. Yeah. yeah. Right. Seemed like most every angle was different. Most every shot was different, and the headlights of the car mm-hmm. coming, f- like zooming in forward, it was very disorienting, but really, really well. And the le- there were about three or four lens flares in the Couple. film that were used very well. I made a joke during the film about like J.J. Abrams, how he says lens flares everywhere, but these were used like when the sun pops out or the moon pops out or headlights or the flash, uh, Franklin's flashlight mm-hmm. kind of like blinds you for a minute. He's like startled going through the woods. Just everything is like, was super meticulous. And even the gas station man turning off the light after he kidnapped, after he like ties up. Gotta save Sally. all my electric bill or whatever. Put says. a man out of business. Mm-hmm. So just very, just the attention to the detail was that was incredible. Yeah. Cool. Well, does anybody have any favorite scenes or final thoughts? I really liked that Leatherface changed into his party um, <laughs> mask and outfit. And formal wig. wear. Yeah, formal wear. Um, uh, talk about attention to detail. Like, Love he got that. really nice for dinner. He did. He did. I really... Yeah, the, you know the what? Grandma I have hat a on. soft spot for him. I don't understand why, but, like, just that... And the well, because there's some innocence there. Yeah, there. Yeah, there certainly is. Yeah. Especially with how, like, I'm presuming the father treats him. Like, get back in the kitchen! Or, like, whatever. Mm. I do like when also they're, like, berating him, though, and they're just, like, um, like the gas station guy, and they're like, you just cooked the food, blah, 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 and they're just, like, making fun of him for not killing anyone, and I'm just like, oh, okay, yeah, screw you, man. There's a hierarchy in this madness. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, oh, oh, the grandfather and the noise he made when he was sucking on Sally's finger. Connor. We joked that it was the mo- the sound effect from Slither. The Slither slugs. I'm sorry, Roger Ebert, but I loved the I loved the van scene with the the potion, the hitchhiker and his gadgets. <laughs> gadgets. I thought it was great, and he was like, "I it's just so want to take a mudgeony sounding the way he describes it." You Magic know? pouch, which yeah. you know how I feel Try about the word pouch. For this. <laughs> the hitchhiker was also mad because they wouldn't take his photograph and pay him for it. It's like yeah. two dollars. He created a piece of art. You know that how was much being... that shit probably cost? That film, though. Plus the gunpowder for the disposal. Sure, I mean, but nobody asked. Take that one on the... yeah, yeah, but he's now, crazy. Was that was that the hitchhiker's camera or was that a camera lying in the van? I don't know. He pulled it from out. Like well, where did he get it from? He had pictures that he took of like right. the the slaughterhouse. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, was, I guess probably not the slaughterhouse. The actually, developing artist. <laughs> yeah. Oh, which is a pretty good pun too. Oh. Oh. I would like to see his art show. Like, sure. Yeah. I want to know what it's all about. Somebody's yeah. had to have done a Texas Chainsaw like art exhibit, right? Of like, what if they like right? pulled a Banksy after and like the painting just like self just shreds? What if yeah. Leatherface? <laughs> what if Leatherface is Banksy? So topical. Oh, no. 
Oh, God. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. I, I really want to just watch this movie again. You should. Not tonight. Not the same day. I really yeah. hear. I, I would still watch hear it again right now. Oh, and the, oh, the sound design. The, the shots of the field the, like, just with, like, metal clanging. So good. Like, the hot, blistery yeah. sun with yeah. just clangs of metal. But also the, like, noise. I can't do that noise, but from the beginning. Which, uh... Oh, the opening. So good. Yeah. Which, Dave, I can't remember what you said when we were watching it, but were those actual... Like, those were not no, oh, those were okay. not actual corpses, but uh, they, they were shot very it. well. Yeah, they the really fleshy knuck- knuckles, and then the <laughs> and that sound. Uh, the sound designer has been like hounded to death throughout their whole career as to like how did you make that sound because it's not quite the sound of any camera as they've done in Foley works and tests and especially like horror fans who have really gone out of their way to investigate it. Nobody can really replicate the sound, and he refuses to tell anyone how he did it. Good. Good. He's got to keep that secret to the grave. Good for him. <laughs> I saw this picture of a, a woman's grave who, like, had a, a like a, a recipe on her gravestone. It was like, hey, I told you you could have this over my dead body. Well, here it is. Oh so I wonder God. if, like, when that person dies, they're just going to, like, this is how I did it on their gravestone, so... Or maybe it'll just be like one of those like uh, Staples easy buttons where they come by the gravestone and you can just all day long. Yes. Yeah. Just push the button. Oh, I would buy that. Mm. Sure. Mm. Well, thanks everybody for joining us. Thank um, you. Sure. Thank you, Dave. Have anything this is great. Oh, well, thank Toby Hooper. <laughs> and thank you, Toby Hooper. Thanks, Toby. Thanks, Toby. Thanks, this is wrapping up our Halloween. Oh, man. Spooks. Spooks. What a month. What a spooky month. Spooks. Yeah. Spoops. And everything in between. It's so weird. We talked about a lot of different kinds of horror movies. We did. Yeah. We talked about a lot of things. Yeah. I feel like I'm really proud of, like, how well represented I feel like the horror genre was. Although, did we ever get into any, like, Supernatural? Was it the only area we didn't get to? No. Oh, you know what? I watched an interesting movie the other night. Um, Prince of Darkness. Has anyone seen that? No. no. It's a John Carpenter movie. I tried to watch a John Carpenter movie I hadn't seen before. Um, and it interestingly, like, blends, like, religion and, like, science oh. in a weird way. Yeah. Okay. It was very odd. And it was, like, I guess l- done later. So it was kind of like a who's who of, like, Carpenter's favorite actors who have been in other things. So it was, like, oh. a really interesting cast. Alice Cooper just plays a random homeless person in it who's, like, only in it for, like, two or three scenes. Um, awesome. Cool. But yeah, I, I mean, you just mentioned like the the more like supernatural yeah. element of things, and like that pops in my head. Like, oh yeah, I watched this the other night. Yeah, yeah. it was interesting. <laughs> well, cool. Well, definitely stay tuned for next month. Oh, I don't want it to not be Halloween horror month anymore, though. I'm gonna miss it. Well, you'll still be doing. Oh yeah, Ooh, I can plug my stuff again. Great. Um, yeah, so uh, chill and kill horror. Uh, that's my thing so first sunday of every month uh doing a horror night at century bar in grace ferry um you can find the information for century bar and also for chill and kill horror on uh, facebook and we're going to be doing suspiria because that's coming out in a couple weeks uh the remake so we're going to do the original in honor of so that should be pretty fun it's a good movie if anyone here hasn't seen it before you so should cool 
And as always, thanks for coming along and for listening. And remember to like, comment, and subscribe. And uh, check out our socials. Uh, we can be found on... At Butter With That on Instagram, Butter With That on Facebook, and then Butter With That 1 on Twitter. We'll get that so one day. So much butter. Mm. And again, thanks for tuning in. Have a good evening. Good night. Bye. Bye. Everyone picks their favorite sound effect from Texas Chainsaw. I can't believe we didn't hear the slither noise. Yeah, Connor. Connor. Oh.